Hi, and a warm welcome to all of you. Glad you could join our podcast. My name is Kate Pohl, and I'm the head of banking corporate sales at TraxPay. My partner is Stephen Batist, the CTO of TIS. Stephen is our resident tech wizard. He began writing code at age seven and designing video games when he was a teenager. Stephen has never looked back since. Today, we are very pleased to be talking with Oliver Sop, Regional Sales Director for Dach at Mambu. So first of all, Oliver, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your career path? Um, I see you also started in banking, just like me, and then moved on to financial services. So if you tell us a little, that would be great. Uh, sure, of course. Thanks, thanks both, uh, first of all, for having me. I'm really, really uh, happy to have a good conversation with you guys today. Um, yes, you're right, right, Kate. I'm I'm a banker by training. So before university, I actually did some vocational training at uh, at, at Deutsche Bank. Uh, and after university, I I started off in capital markets, uh, working in a in a dealing room for many years. And that probably at that time uh, that was the most tech driven business, I I would say. Um, and that tech affection, I'd say, uh, probably has stuck with me since. Um, during my time, I, I spent a lot of time abroad as well, working on international level in Singapore and in London. So I really enjoy working in international environments. Um, and I think that's probably also, uh, we get to speak a bit more about Mambu, about our company. It's probably one of the unique things being a German fintech that is truly global international. So um, I feel that like I'm in the right place at the moment. <laughs> we will certainly talk more about that. How did you actually get involved in the fintech scene? Um, my, my last role in banking was um, as a senior relationship banker for multinational corporates. Um, and the treasurers uh, of these customers were very demanding. Uh, I'm sure, Stephen, you can testify to that as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and as a bank, I think we weren't able to, to deliver really properly on the requirements when it came to digitization like, like real-time views on their finances that these treasurers wanted to have. Um, and that was really the point when I decided that I should probably look outside banking and see who's actually solving these problems for, for users, for corporates, for customers, right? So that's when I basically decided that I should stop help building modern banking experience and not be, be part of the problem anymore. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so why did you decide to go to Mambo specifically? I think when you when you uh, look around um, and look at modern banking experiences, what what these look like, you, you I think you pretty soon start to realize they are powered by truly modern technology. So um, I was working for another vendor at the time, and we started to research about um, what um, what make especially these um, challenger banks successful. Um, and we saw Mambu came up all the time and, and they, they were talking about this unique composable approach and it seemed to resonate really well uh, with the bank and the fintechs that were, were adopting it. So um, that, that really made me think, okay, is, is, is that really, is that, is that something we're, we're missing out? I was missing out of on, um, and there's also, I mean, we, I had some interaction then with the company and uh, when you talk about Mambu, you also have to talk about the, the, the soft factors, right? We're not just a tech company. We, uh, um, I had heard a lot of good things about the Mambu culture that attracted me. Um, we, I'm not sure whether you heard, we call ourselves uh, Mambuvians. And, and it's really <laughs> about, uh, about the team first mentality, right? It's not, it's not about the person showing off. It's, it's really the best people in our company are those that actually help others the most. 
um, and they, they get the recognition and the praise. So I think both on a on a technical level as well as on the on the soft factors, I was really attracted from what I saw from the outside. And yeah, it's clearly from the inside. It's it's definitely that experience and uh, that I'm enjoying now. That's pretty good research when the research is so overwhelming. You actually join. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Okay, well, you're head of regional sales. So what exactly does that mean? What does it entail? Yeah, so as in my role as, as regional sales director, I'm responsible for driving our commercial efforts in the in the region where I guess we have um, a plan to really grow our footprint across the entire region in Germany, Austria and Switzerland. Um, I think so far we are best known for supporting the, the challenger banks with our cloud banking platform, but we have increasing focus on helping larger banks, incumbent banks um, to transform and to to provide them with a great foundational layer that helps these banks um, to compose more modern banking experience. And actually with a view that it's best suited for their business model and more importantly for, for their end customer. So um, it's the, the role is a combination of being out in the field, very operational, getting engaged in client conversations, but also driving the strategic agenda in terms of where we wanna play in the marketplace. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we do actually support not just um, banks, lenders and fintechs of all sizes. We also have increasing focus um, and that's driven by trends like uh, embedded finance, right, to service telcos, retailers um, and, and more corporates in nature that are structuring some form of, of financial offering and need a, need a solid backbone behind that, like a, like a core cloud banking solution. I, actually, one of one of the questions I was going to ask you, you basically answered, but let me just be very clear. So, you know, obviously we read about Wise and Raisin Bank, but you're saying that you work also work just as much with incumbent banks, or is that? Is, would yeah, you, I mean, Ra Raisin actually Raisin was yes, a much smaller I incumbent know. bank. <laughs> I uh, know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we, we we try to. I think we definitely broadened the focus in terms of where we want to play and where we want to support uh, customers. Um, I think Raisin, a client of ours, obviously, is a, is a great example of um, incumbent banks overcoming limitations of traditional core banking technology. Um, they're so come on, they're special. They're special. When I think about incumbent banks, I'm thinking about the big guys. Yeah, exactly. So these the, the big guys, we probably what you see is um, where we are very successful is when the big banks decide to launch a challenger proposition, like what we like to call a speedboat. Um, we have done this with the likes of, of ABN AMRO or here in our territory with, with Raiffeisen International. So um, and when those guys ring fans and set up subsidiaries that have to be truly digital from the start, almost like a greenfield approach inside a bank. Um, I think that's where we, where we really enjoy doing projects um, with, uh, with our customers. And ultimately what, what we're looking to solve for them is that they gain flexibility to swap in and swap out components. They can really deliver products with maximum flexibility and speed and, and can rapidly deploy those. So it's mostly about what we see the the key demand from our customers is, is time to market, right? To help them with a solution um, that uh, increases their time to market on, on any financial product. Okay, I mean, I think we're getting a really good flavor, but still, you know, if, if I said to you, how would you articulate the company's mission and vision, what would you say? 
Well, our claim is, is really that we enable our customers to build great banking experiences, right? That, that customers love and that, that are fast and flexible. And, and though I think we are obviously a more a back-end solution, a foundation layer, we feel we're still driving that change and, and delivering on that need and that, that requirement. So um, we, we really want to bring financial services to a digital first world, right? Where, the, where it becomes accessible to more people. We strive to deliver a very impactful platform that makes it easier for everyone to participate. And, and how does it work in the, in the Mambu context, right? So we, we are API driven, very flexible backbone and all these nice front end client channel integration layers can't really properly function if, if you don't get the backend right. So we have a lot of conversations around foundational layer, thinking it really front to back with the whole client engagement, everything being real time, very much driven by, by consumer behavior. Um, so um, our goal is really to empower the banks and to make for the bank's customers to make the, the client experience with your bank better. And I mean, technology is just the number one enabler for this. Okay. I'm actually really curious to how it works. So could you please describe how a software as a service platform works? It's probably, it's probably best explained by highlighting the, the benefits of a software as a service solution. So first of all, our, our Mambu solution was built for, for cloud and for cloud only. So we only exist in, in a cloud environment. Um, it is therefore uh, designed to really scale infinitely. It's, it's very much change tolerant. Uh, we have a continuous delivery model of new features and functionality, and also in our service levels guarantee near zero uh, downtime. So basically the cloud is more about how you design your application than where you deploy it, but, but it's an essential part of our SaaS model. Um, the, I sometimes in client conversations tend to compare ourselves to the likes of, of, a, of a salesforce.com. So it's really, at Mambu, we also run a single code base of our core banking system that ensures that all customers are always on the latest version and, and we completely remove the burden and costs of maintaining multiple versions, managing releases, upgrades, Instead, we allow the customers to really focus on the innovations on their part, while at the same time, they can rely on, on a very resilient platform that Mambu provides for them. Um, but I think I mentioned before, but I think what clients are interested in the most is actually the speed to market they gain by using such a, such a solution. So with Mambu, I think what we've seen is we've been able to launch full digital banks or new digital first business units within a bank, that, that is the speedboard I referred earlier, um, in, in under six months. We do um, MVPs or proof of concepts for customers in, in, in weeks, right? It's essentially, I mean, I keep telling the customers, right? When, when you subscribe to Mambu, the first thing is I'll give you an URL and you can actually log onto the system, right? So that you, you, you're not quite there yet, but at least you're starting to with your Mambu experience and you're starting to build a bank or a financial product. Um, so yeah, basically we did the solution can be configured within a matter of weeks. Um, we, of course, we have a implementation deployment uh, methodology. Um, there's always testing and operational rollout involved, but uh, I think that's uh, that probably best describes the, the benefit of a SaaS and, and how we do it specifically in, in, in Mambu. 
that's really fast times and tempts me to make my own bank. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's impressive. Well, you know, the press has written about Mambo as the next stripe uh, with almost limitless, I quote, ability to scale and that you are the second most valuable fintech in Germany, but yet shrouded in mystery. I found that interesting. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, you've certainly come a long way since 2019 and evaluation of under 200 million. So what would you say to that, Oliver? <laughs> well, first of all, I think we're, we're totally not uh, not secretive about what we do and how we <laughs> operate. Uh, I mean, the, the Mambo proposition is entirely built around an ecosystem approach. So meaning we have to work a lot with third parties, uh, other companies that provide great technology, where we as a core banking provider need to integrate with them. Uh, our partner network is actually quite, quite, uh, quite extensive. We have a very large dedicated team internally as well um, to work with partners. Um, and um, that, that team basically works with both consultancy partners, system integrators, as well as third party software vendors that we, that we like to, to integrate with. So um, it's really all about um, this, this ecosystem play. And I think we, we have a claim these days that you'll also find in, on, on, on some of our um, um, marketing materials, et cetera. Uh, that we're all about this this uh, ecosystem and not and not an ego system, right? So really, <laughs> we, we are we are a um, such such a play, and and in that regard, I I think we're totally not not secretive uh, at, at all. Um, <laughs> was it wasn't what I said? I was just quoting. No, no, we, we, quoting. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny enough. We 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 keep hearing this at times, um, but um, I think we you also find that. Um, I think I mean, when, you, when you don't some... brag, all of a sudden exactly. you're called secretive. I think that's it. I think that's probably also a nice way to, to put it. And no, I think also our customers are sometimes surprised, right? I, I just came back from a um, from a customer workshop, right? And and um, they were very surprised that when in the workshop, they found out all the documentation, everything we were showing them is actually on our webpage. So like all the API documentation, um, how you can orchestrate calls on on the Mambu engines, etc. It's all it's all documented there, right? I mean, we're not we're not secretive about about how how Mambu works. Actually, we need people to know about how Mambu works. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of the um, how the way we've 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 made to date, I think the at the beginning I mentioned, right? I think it's probably that when you compare us to some other German fintechs. Um, I think we all have a great story, and luckily, some of us, some of those, we 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 can call our customers. Even um, I think one of the things that differentiates us is is really we, we actually right from the start we're a truly global company. We have uh, customers in 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 sixty five different countries around the globe. Uh, obviously, I, I represent just that very relevant and and focused market of ours. Obviously, uh, the Dach region, the German speaking markets. Um, but um, we've we've got business in every part of the world, so it's, it is uh, a truly international uh, uh, venture already. You just talked about globality. You know that was something that um, you know certainly has come up. You know with this, you know, in more than sixty-five countries, which I was surprised that I had I had no, um, I, I I didn't realize it, and I think that's why the whole idea of you know stealth or secretiveness you know if you don't advertise it every day that people think you know you're hiding something or you're not bragging whatever it is but when you see your usp you know when you see yourself against other players who consider themselves software as a service in the cloud whatever um 
do you think it's that globality that sets you apart or do you think it's it's the way you um you know the whole uh, as you talked about in the beginning the whole idea of how you treat your people or how you how you feel the culture should um should be what would you say to that no i think i mean then then when when we talk about uh, what, so what makes a company unique or what makes this solution unique that's that's not the internationality it is it is more how how the solution is designed and actually the designed is actually design is that is agnostic to what region or country it runs in and this is goes back to the whole idea of composability right so we for example we achieve localization by partnering with other vendors other tech players that can actually deliver that local requirement i mean in banking we all know about like the regulatory reporting aspect of things etc so um we focus very much on on enabling composability um as much as enhancing the core product and and we don't build functionality that we feel is better supported by a best of breed solution or a solution by which we can achieve localization right um so um and and that is why you keep hearing us talking about composability so much um i think besides that i think of course is like many modern solutions everything in mambu is api driven or api first actually so um, there is no limits in terms of, of the UX on the front end. The, the bank or fintech can control the experience layer with basically no constraints on the backend layer. That, that's what we want to provide, right? Basically that we provide limitless um, experiences on the, on, on the front end side. Um, we also, the way we, um, we deliver and, 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 and deploy our solution, we are an agile company. So um, with technology uh, with the tech foundation um we can really power what we these days call like high velocity operating models and i think that goes back to the earlier point and i think customers or prospects are equally impressed that we really promise we can lift projects within within weeks or months so um we i think at, uh, have a very fast pace at, at which we are moving but we also want, want our customers that they can um, outpace the market and deliver very distinctive experiences um, and, and, and have a design that have, is offering more possibilities, be it embedded finance or, or any other current demands that are driven by, by changing customer behavior. That's, that's certainly what we, what we notice. Okay. What technologies do you think will become the most important in the next three years? And most importantly, why? Um, well, become important. I think we, we still need to talk about cloud, right? I mean, when, when, I'm, when I'm talking to the customers here, um, we see higher cloud adoption in the banking space, but as an industry, they are still lagging, right? Um, and, and we are naturally built around cloud. So we always have these conversations right from the start. Um, but in terms of looking ahead, I mean, um, we, we do uh, invest quite a bit in, um, in anything uh, blockchain related, blockchain technology. Um, and um, I mean, on, on a, why I find this is, is, is a good choice is, I mean, for example, when you look at Ethereum, right, it's, it's not it's serving a much broader function than, than just a currency, right? It's, it's, it opens a, a broader universe of, of, of decentralized finance. You can do the settlements on the blockchain uh, assets such as cryptocurrencies, but it's also a protocol for loans, debt markets, trade finance. 
Um, there is an application level, um, and then on top of that, banking apps uh, for, for storing, transferring, and investing money and, and doing all these transaction types. So um, that's why we invested. Um, I think why our customers are invested is, is the good thing about blockchain, crypto, or DeFi, whatever you want to call it, is it's, it's borderless, it's, it's cost efficient, it's automated, and in the end, it, it is transparent, or has to be transparent. So um, the only thing I'd say on the flip side is that, um, that these new technologies um, often promote disintermediation of traditional banks. So I'm pretty certain the landscape will change, um, but these technologies remain a key driver and will be interesting to see um, who, uh, who jumps on this and is driving this and, um, and who, will, who will stay behind. So yeah. Two technologies, I'd flag up cloud and blockchain still. But I, I have a in-between question, Stephen. I've got to ask this. You know, you said that, that you think the new techs uh, or the new technologies will probably promote disintermediation with the banks. Um, do you think there are do you think there are any banks that will be able to pivot? I, I, I think I think yes. I mean, I've I've seen some stats recently that they 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 do realize that they're missing out. Right? They 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 rarely, definitely in 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 my territory, they're rarely the f first movers. Um, but I mean, banking is more a fee-driven business these days rather than 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 interest income, right? So and the fees in in this space um, are, are are rather attractive, right? So I mean, if if I if I compare what for example, a Revolut, the fees they make on a uh, um, um, on a Bitcoin transaction, um, that's nowhere near to what uh, what the bank can make on a on, on any foreign exchange, right? So I think they will they will start piling in, um, but again, I mean, you have to move fast because uh, margin compression is always out there in our industry, right? So it will at some point come back in and and, and normalize. Yeah, and there's a lot of movement currently with blockchain and where it ends up this year or next year is still kind of unknown with the the tether coins not working quite like they plan them and yeah. smart contracts needing a little more regulation to make sure that there's no coding mistakes in the, the contracts themselves so it's definitely going to be very interesting where the technology can go but ethereum i think is that's a really good chain and yeah just, no one really knows the potential of it because no one's really fully utilized it yet. Yeah, absolutely agree. And yeah, I mean, I mean, just just to round this off, I think we so we having these type of discussions a lot in our in our conversations with customers and prospects. So um, yeah, everybody is watching the space. But again, it's then seeing is believing who's got uh, who's doing the leap of faith and and uh, and getting involved. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts regarding AI and ML? Um, it's obviously we 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 are more a we are more a foundational layer in, 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 in this whole exercise, right? So um, I think we, we can power and we, we, we do deploy some, some, some AI in, in, in our engines as well. Uh, but, but I'd say the, the most um, automation and the most benefits, I think we see in the layers ab above the core banking layer. So um, we built a very... Um, flexible data model um, with um, with lots of custom fields. Again, highly configurable. Um, so I think we are uh, contributor to to AI 
technology. Um, and I think it's, it, it's also driven by the whole um, real-time interaction uh, type scenario that we're always looking for, right? Our customers, I mean, they, they could have stayed with their, with their legacy architecture if it wasn't about getting more real-time, getting more involved. So I think um, we probably, fair to say, we, we play a role, but we are not the primary driver behind this. Yeah, it's more the, the enablement of AI, which is exactly the core technology. Exactly. So how do you feel about the metaverse, a topic we've covered a few times on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think this is this is actually a favorite favorite question these days, right? So um, I, I think it, it, as in anything we've seen in, in like in like recent years, right? It's all driven by 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 consumer behavior. And I, I think we can already see some very exciting activity in, in that space. So, um, yeah, uh, if, if I was a betting man, my money would be on banks moving to the metaverse. So which will ultimately mean that um, we as a company need to get our head around in terms of how do we power banking experiences in the metaverse. Um, so, um, yeah, we, 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 we're doing some, um, some research into that, to that regard in terms of what role we could play. Um, but I think we're already probably quite quite well positioned to to empower something like that. Unfortunately, I must say I don't or don't see a first mover in our market here in our region yet. Uh, but obviously, we, we'd love to see those. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I want to go back for a second, just to sort of like old tech for a moment. I'm still sort of thinking about our incumbent banks, and you know, you talked about a little bit that you do feel that you know, it is possible to help even, you know, even with the kind of legacy systems that they have. Um, generally, do you think collaboration and cooperation fintechs banks is possible? Uh, absolutely. I think that's, that's absolutely possible. Um, I think everybody realizes that that is a, that is an industry is, and, and the opportunity is large enough for everybody to play a role in there. I think like in terms of what are the challenges that, um, that incumbent banks are faced with. Um, and if I look at our domain specifically, which is, which is core banking, um, I see that the, the traditional systems aren't delivering the, and the challenges they face with are lack of agility and flexibility. They're not easy, easy to use for the customers or, or for the staff and, and they're very slow, poor data quality, and they're very costly. So I think it's against all these things that we just discussed just now, right? Uh, modern banking experience, adopting AI, um, creating a better client experience, becoming more efficient. So, um, no doubt, no doubt about that. But can you plug in the can Can you really plug in the fintech, you know, experience, knowledge, uh, capabilities into these older systems? Um, I, I think we, we we see different degrees in terms of how banks do this. Um, I mean, we, we talked a bit about these speedboat approaches. It's basically, it's almost like a fintech that is ring-fenced within, within a bank. So uh, they're working in agile tribes. Uh, they have a, like a cloud-first, API-first strategy uh, in, in, in those areas. Um, or, they, or they partner with, um, with, uh, with, with fintechs that can provide a better service or a better component in um, in the existing architecture and add, and add value. And I think ultimately um, when, and I was working at banks and we, we always had that claim that it's a customer first, right? So if you're truly about customer first, you need to bring those modern components in place that the FinTech can bring 
much faster, has better experience. So I, I see banks being very open to this. Um, and um, I think once once it start changing, I think the banks that that is the, the 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 usual catalyst for change inside the bank then as well. So I I dare to say that we see banks that will behave more like fintechs going forward as well. So I'm not I'm not too conservative or too worried that that uh, banks are are left behind or overtaken by fintechs. And on the on the flip side, the fintechs um, they they obviously they don't run the balance sheets like like the banks, right? So that's. No, yeah, there's there's no question that there are pros and cons on this. And, and the fintechs, fintechs are simply driving the innovation and everybody does realize that. Do you have any specific programs to support ESG? Um, naturally, you have to have this these days. Um, we are we are very f- careful to uh, to conduct our business operations in a, in a way that they don't create uh, negative impact. Um, we have um, integrated system it's sustainability measures uh, across the operations. Um, so it's very strong governance on uh, sustainability. Uh, there are specific targets to reduce uh, our environmental footprint. Um, and I think important part, and that's where probably I get to see it the most, is um, uh, empowering the employees um, to make a positive impact. So um, there is... Um, uh, incentives for employees uh, to adopt uh, sustainable behaviors inside work in terms of travel, uh, outside work. Um, we also get opportunities to engage uh, uh, environmental activities and local communities. Um, so we're actually not sure whether you heard we have we have this uh, uh, we have this uh, nice benefit in in in, in Mambu that um, we in the summer months we work a four day work week. Um, so it's all about the productivity and output, uh, and and so You're time, here. <laughs> people, people get time away from um, uh, from uh, from our office jobs. But we also encourage basically to to share, post, and 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 make an impact on on the extra day we're giving. For example, in 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 these areas to engage in maybe in some activities that are related to. ESG or, or, or sustainability. And I do see people post a lot on, on our Slack channels about what they do, where they engage in their communities. So yeah, I think it's, uh, we, um, um, we make this uh, on the public level in terms of what we, what we publicize, but I can also see that we, that we live and, and breathe this internally. That sounds Very great. cool. <laughs> there you go. Okay, now some personal questions because we can't let you go without that. So. <laughs> All right. The first one is, what makes you uneasy? So it's sort of like a combination. What makes you uneasy? What really keeps you up at night? <laughs> well, I, I think I've been around in the business long enough that on the professional level, there's probably very little that makes me uh, makes me uneasy. But I mean, when we look at, at what's going on again, geopolitical, macro environment, right? So these crises are hitting us uh, at a higher frequency. Um, I think what I'm what I'm a bit um, afraid of is is um, that um, I see companies um, advertise for senior roles, and then when you when you read the fine print, they're looking for people that have five to seven years experience, right? I think uh, in in my time in banking and in fintech, I've experienced I don't know birth of the dot com bubble, subprime, Lehman, <laughs> Euro crisis. Now we're faced with a uh, with with another crisis here in Europe. So I, I find it a bit um, uh, uh, underwhelming that 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 uh, experience is considered 
uh, an experienced person is somebody that that has only experienced the last four or five years when everything was uh, very bright, right? So um, hopefully um, we get uh, uh, very robust uh, people that can actually see through what's uh, what's ahead of us, which I think there will be some more challenging times ahead as well. I was just reading that in the Financial Times, actually, uh, a very senior manager said, you know, I, uh, I, he said to a colleague of his, you're very lucky. He said, why? Said, because you've been through a lot of this, so you know how to react. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I know it happened, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't running a company. So, yeah. I, that's that's I, exactly I, I that think, point. I so think there, you've there is a very good point. Yeah. yeah that, exactly. That's, there's real experience, and then this is just the on paper experience, which uh, we'll see where it gets that, us. That's absolutely true. Great, great answer. All right. Last one. Do you have a particular motto or watchword or phrase that is important to you? Um, I, I do like to refer to maybe some phrases from movies or stuff that I, I, I tend to do this uh, quite frequently. And there is um, there is a great movie. I, I, I like Al Pacino. There is this movie, uh, Any Given Sunday, where he does this great motivational speech. I'm not sure whether you've seen it, but it's that speech oh. about the inches. And that, that's something that, that resonates very well with me. I, I think he, in, in our job, in my job, is all about the, uh, the inches, uh, the, the small incremental steps we go we go as a team so this is about a, a, a football team um, when he's trying to cheer them up at halftime um, so one one inch at a time uh, yeah, I think is the is, is the quote or the phrase from that movie and yeah the same applies uh, to our jobs there's there's a lot of things that won't change overnight well we need to keep going uh, these inches every day um, and yeah that's uh, that's what's what's driving me on a day-to-day basis lovely any final thoughts, any tips for our listeners? Uh, I mean, this is obviously a podcast. I've started to listen to podcasts uh, during the pandemic. I, I, I love it. I, I don't know how many subscriptions I have on my phone. Um, I, I think it's great. I can only recommend to anybody uh, listen to more podcasts. It's free content. You can listen to them anywhere. You can learn about so many subjects. And so, yeah, uh, go subscribe to as many as you can. And obviously this one in particular. That's right. <laughs> Okay, and thanks so much. And thanks to all of you who are listening to Digital Dub. Listen to Oliver, he says, go for podcasts. So there you go. Our aim is to tackle a topic of interest in the world of technology on a weekly basis. Digital Dump is now on 10 platforms, including Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you have a topic you'd like to know more about, please let us know. Thanks, and bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.